Hello, everyone. We're back with Orange Power Half Hour. Um, we are going to talk all things OK State at ISU um, over the 27-34 loss. Um, Dad, I know we've talked a little bit over the last couple of days, um, trying to let this one, unfortunately, marinate for a little bit. Um, my feelings of, of frustration are from, I think this is the... I think this is very similar to last week. I think problems are similar. I don't think any adjustments were really made besides we changed um, from three quarterback system to a one, but everything else felt really similar to the loss with um, South Alabama. What do you think? I think you're, I think you're right. The, um, I think most of the issues that we've talked about um, resurfaced. Um, There was, I mean, I will, the positives, I guess, um, we did get Ollie Gordon more involved and I think that paid off. Ollie Gordon rushed for over a hundred yards. It's been a while since we've had anyone rush for over a hundred yards. We did pick a quarterback and I felt like the flow or the continuity at least of the offense was better because of that. Um, Mm. I don't think Alan Bowman played a you know a perfect football game by by any stretch of the imagination, but I did think just by virtue of him having the opportunity to go out there time and time again, uh, it it had less of a start and stop jerky kind of feeling to it like the first games have. That's um, true. I think there's some people that have uh, commented here and there um, that you know, have wondered if we had been doing that throughout the first three games, does Alan Bowman or whoever they would have selected possibly have um, worked through some of those issues and and played maybe even better than what he played? Um, I suppose there's a possibility of that. But to your original point, you know, I, I think we're, I think we're seeing a team that is, um shorter on athletes than what we've had in the past and I I think you see that in terms of of not having guys that have the ability to separate at the wide receiver position um we continue to to struggle with missed tackles um I I saw a list of of the all of the teams including the new teams in the in the uh in the big 12 and Oklahoma State is leading or or last Yeah, dead last, however you want to look at it, in in missed tackles. Um, You know, uh, still turning guys loose in the secondary, uh, which is really concerning considering this 3-3-5, this three-safety shell is supposed to keep guys in front of you. Um, I thought you made a great point. Yeah, I, I thought you made a great point last week, and and that showed up again this week to me. Uh, in that, you know, you said something about not playing uh, complimentary football. And, boy, that couldn't be more true. The, you know, of course, the three three five, as we just said, you're not supposed to turn guys completely loose for big plays. Uh, but it is almost by design a defense where you're going to try to keep things underneath and you're going to give up some points. The, your hope with that, I guess, is that you give up threes instead of uh, sevens, but 
when you can't score, right. uh, when you struggle to score on the other side of the, of the football, uh, boy, that didn't work very good. I mean, this is an offense that lacks explosiveness, explosiveness and really needs to rely on uh, a short field, good field position, mm-hmm. which to get that, you really need a defense that's attacking and that's uh, making the, the, the other offense play behind the chains and, and, and give them some negative plays and uh, just not getting any of that. No, it just doesn't feel like we have um, none of our none of our game plan seems to really come full circle. I guess um, on both sides of the ball, I don't. I'm not really, I'm not sure what we're striving for. I just know it's not working, um, and I know our opponents don't get um, any easier from here on out. So I'm a little concerned about being married to to that specific defense to this offense we're running with whatever quarterback we choose it just feels it all feels at this point too late in the season to not be for things to not be clicking um I think you know we said this in the past weeks but you know we'll do whatever we'll do whatever we need to do try whatever quarterback we need to try do whatever defenses we need to do in those first couple of games because we snuck out some wins well we're sitting at two losses already early in the season with the toughest opponents still left to play. And I still don't feel like we have um, a scheme that's going to work to be any of them. Um, so I'm concerned and and I haven't seen very many adjustments um, made besides the two points that you made about quarterback and Ollie. Um, so I think we got a lot of work to do. I'm hoping that this bye week is um, a clean slate. I don't think it will be, but I, I, I hope for, coaching staff and the players they get um a clean slate and we go try something completely new in two weeks well we're i don't think we're doing things that necessarily fit our personnel Um, right you know particularly i guess you know the offense has been has been really anemic um you know for throughout this, not only this first part of this season, but the tail end of last season. And we've talked a lot about the struggles in the offensive line. And we, we said this last week, you know, there, those, those aren't likely to get better. Um, it's not like they are running two or three different guys in at each one of those offensive line positions because they've had trouble uh, selecting who the starters should be. I think, they're, I think they feel like they know who their starters are. And, and those guys aren't protecting for any period of time. So I, I think what you've got to do is you have to run an offense that gives them the best chance to be successful, which to me um, would be trying to get rid of the ball quickly or trying to run a lot of, of short underneath stuff. The yeah. what, I, what I consider the old school Texas Tech dink and dunk spread offense, which not one would have the advantage of being an offense that Alan Bowman knows how to be successful, you know, in, I, I heard a lot of people really get on that kid pretty hard yeah, about, I did too. and uh, look, you know, I understand the kid's a little bit older, but it's not like he's 50, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's still a young man and he's still a man who, a young man who who's thrown up for over 600 yards in a football game. Uh, the last time he played a, complete football game uh, before this past Saturday was against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. He threw for over 430 yards. Yeah, he, has some, 
he has some ability to throw the football, but uh, but he's not he's not highly mobile. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly, you know, I, I think both Garrett and Gunner run better. But let's be honest, we're, nobody's going to confuse Garrett or Gunner with Spencer Sanders either. No, so you're, they're you know, they're you're way more like Bowman in that in that aspect than than Spencer. Right. And so they're they're to some extent probably going to have the same issues that that Alan Bowman did, which is, you know, I don't have time to throw the football down right. the field. It's got the same line. Uh, so, you know, a couple of things to me. One, we've got to start being willing to throw some underneath stuff. And and two, we're probably going to have to throw some slants and some crosses and some stuff to the middle of the field. It seems like uh, when we want to throw the football uh, we're going to throw it deep up uh, up against one sideline or the other. Yep. It's almost as if we're, you know, afraid that we're going to turn the ball over. And so if we do, we want to do it up against the sideline. And, uh, you know, that I don't think that's particularly, you know, a particularly good idea. Um, the the offense is, has struggled, you know, honestly, ever since Spencer Sanders got hurt last year. The last time Oklahoma State scored over 30 points in a football game was October 22nd of 2022 against Texas. Spencer had not been hurt yet to that point. Oh, uh, that sucks. We scored over 30 points, and we win the football game. Um, a lot of people ha had been critical of, of Spencer Sanders at times. Um, I got frustrated with him at times because he did tend to turn the ball over some. I thought he was a little bit careless with it. But, you know, I went back and looked, and in games that Spencer Sanders started and, and, and was able to, to play uh, without leaving the game due to injury, OSU scored over 25 or, or over 30 points 25 different times with Spencer under center. Um, I mean – so basically what, what I'm telling you is about every time we trotted him out there that he was healthy, we were going to put at least 30 on the board. We haven't done it since. Um, you know, we're, we've talked about this. We're nine and eight since that 2021 Fiesta Bowl game, or I guess that, and it was in early uh, on New Year's Day. Mm -hmm. um, That's the good we old days. Number, we were number eight in the country, ranked number eight in the country following that Texas game. Um, we're three and seven in our last 10 games at this point. That, that's over a couple of different seasons, but that's about a season's worth of games uh, where it's not going very good. And, uh, you know, again, the, a little bit of offensive uh, improvement last week, in, in, at least that it wasn't as, as uh, herky-jerky. Choppy, uh, yeah. Choppy, you know, had, had had some more total offense, and we put some points on the board. But there were six big plays that really contributed uh, to, to the vast majority of OSU's total offense. Uh, if you take those top six plays away, which you can't, I get that, but if you did, you know, we ran 89 plays where we averaged 2.5 yards. That's just hard to fathom when you consider where Oklahoma State has been offensively over the last 15 years well, and you can't win a game like that that's just i mean that it's just math it's just not possible to win a game like that so that's what i'm saying i think we gotta i think we gotta look at our take a hard look at our personnel a hard look at our talent levels as a coaching staff and decide what our new identity is going to be for this year 
because I think we're trying to do too much of of something that we can't um that we don't have the variables to produce um so I just think we gotta we gotta hit the reset button for sure and you touched a little bit about Bowman um and I don't think he played a perfect game by any means on Saturday and I I saw a, a think a lot of people were were frustrated it's extremely easy to blame the quarterback when stuff doesn't go right I mean he's the only guy that touches the ball every play um so I understand that Bowman's also very experienced um you know you're gonna see if nothing's there you're gonna see a lot of balls thrown out thrown outside um and out of play uh he's not typically I know he had a really bad sack um took a really bad sack but uh typically he's not gonna He's not going to take big sacks for losses. He's going to get the ball, you know, out of bounds quick if he doesn't have anything. And unfortunately, with our line, there's not a lot of time to see if you have anything. So um, I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack because I don't think – I think he's working under some extreme pressure. And I think to the point you made, I don't think changing the quarterback fixes a lot of those problems. Well, I just – I don't know that those guys' skill sets are enough different for it to make a – difference unless unless you unless you change the 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 style with which you attack right. now if we go to some some quicker underneath stuff um you know i i think that's really going to serve all three of these guys and i i thought i thought we just did a t- terrible job of of protecting bowman early in the game and and felt like the kid was kind of running for his life mm-hmm. i do think as the game wore on and and again i i think this is a testament to rob glass i think typically as all games have worn on uh during the rob glass era oklahoma state usually seems to get a little better and usually is in better condition than their opponents mm-hmm. i thought the offensive line later in the game uh was was doing not great, but at least better in protecting him. And I felt like at that point, Bowman had maybe gotten in the habit of having to run for his life. And I felt like he did leave the pocket uh, a, a, a couple of times when he had a pocket to to stay in there and, and throw from. Sure. And I thought he got a little bit uh, in a little bit of a habit of, of running backward and, and flushing to his right. And, um, again, I get it because, right. uh, you That's know, what he's used to, he'd, he'd been having to run for his life so much, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, w- while I think he's got some, some good skills, he doesn't possess the kind of, uh, he doesn't have a Brandon Whedon type arm. Right. So he, he can't retreat, uh, 15 yards and, and throw right. off his back foot and, and complete anything down the field. So. Uh, you know, I, I think they've got to let him throw some underneath stuff. It, uh, look, if they wanted to to trot one of the other guys out there this next game and give him the whole game, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw a fit about that no, necessarily. I, don't care. I, I think it's I think it's probably okay. It's not good for any of them that they're not gonna. They've already lost basically three games of, of of a full opportunity to have full reps and and gain the experience and so forth that comes with that we can't do anything about that at this point so um you know I, i'm okay if they want to try one of the other guys just maybe being slightly more mobile um sure. helps a little bit bowman's probably the the least mobile of the three i don't i don't think there's any question about that but um unless they can unless they can get the run some plays where the ball is going to be released quicker or uh, 
all of a sudden the offensive line is going to morph into something that they haven't been, they're going to see the same kind of problems. Oh, I hope they morph. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I just think that we have, uh, a lot of, I feel like our notes are predominantly similar. So I think that is, um, an issue that all of our notes have been the same every week and it doesn't really feel like we're making many adjustments. I know you found a couple of positives, um, and I appreciate you deep diving for a couple of positives. Um, but we're going to, I'm I'm, I'm ready for something to change. Yeah, you got to put the scuba gear on and and right. and go way deep to find yeah. positive that still has has gone and uh, and and we've primarily focused on the offensive side, but certainly um, you know it, it, look it ain't much were, better on the other side. Well, it was it was worse, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, if you were going to pick one side of the ball or the other to say they played the better uh, of the two, it would have to be the offense. The this defense, you know, was allegedly brought in. The three-three-five was brought in to to be able to to control or slow down the spread offenses in the Big Twelve. And the offense that the Oklahoma State Cowboys faced this past Saturday was was the Iowa State post gambling gate, uh, you know, offense. I mean, they had lost their best quarterback and several of several other uh, members of their football team, they hadn't exactly been lighting the scoreboard up. They were averaging 16 and a half points and and people were already in Ames already calling for, you know, somebody to come in and replace Rocco Becht. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, I think Rocco Becht, who had not done anything to this point against this three, three, five defense. He completed seven, 71.1% 71.1% of his passes and threw for, unfortunately, what will probably be a career high when he graduates from from Iowa State, 350-some yep. yards of offense. My, my question is, what is it that we're trying to accomplish with this defense? I just – I don't understand it. I, I think I said this going in uh, – when I say going in, I'm talking about before Coach Nardo was ever hired, when the decision was made to go to the three-three-five, mm-hmm. I didn't get it. And mm-hmm. the reason I didn't get it was the only team that was running it in in our conference was Iowa State. And I checked the record books; Iowa State's never played for a Big Twelve championship. <laughs> right. So I right. don't I don't understand why that's necessarily where we wanted to. Maybe that was uh, statistically speaking. Maybe that was a defense that was giving up fewer fewer passing uh, yards than than some of the others. But if it's not winning you games at the end of the day, um, then then maybe that's not the best way to go. My biggest problem with it, as you know, is it's kind of a it's kind of a setback. You know, defense. It's a it's a you're on you your know, heels. Catch stuff underneath, right? And I just don't think you can play defense that way. I think you need to play defense on your toes, you know, going downhill. Yeah, I am. I'm not sure. I'm with you. I'm not sure why we settled on that uh, when we did. And what I'm really not sure of is why we're still settled on it at this point. I don't, I'm I'm waiting for for it to click for everybody else of uh, maybe we should try something else. Well, let's just. This isn't working. Let's. I mean, I mean, it's we can all we can all see, right? We can all see mm-hmm. what we see. 
there's lots of stuff we don't know as fans, you know, because we're not in practice. We're not. Uh, and that's a shame. Kids. <laughs> we're not evaluating these kids on, on a daily basis and all that kind of stuff. But those of us that have bought tickets or turned on the TV have been able to, to watch. And I don't think there's any question that, that the most successful defensive plays of the season thus far through four games have been when we've either either been in a four-man front or been in some version of the 3-3-5, but, you know, brought pressure, uh, you know, off the edge, blitzed a guy, you know, uh, disguised the coverage by – by, uh, you know, having eight or nine guys within the the box and then walking some guys back out. When we've been lined up in the mo- in the most traditional version of the 3-3-5, for the most part, it just it just flat hasn't worked. Yeah. No, it's not working. Um, and we're do- we don't do enough, I think, out of that 3-3-5 um, to to shake other offenses up enough to to really make much of a difference. Um it feels it feels stagnant. It feels just not explosive or effective at all. And the same and the same same problem on on offense, right? We're not. Um, it's not fun football to watch just as a whole. There's not a lot of um, not a lot of flying around. Not a lot of explosive plays. Um, I'm just flat and not impressed. Yeah, and you know it, it's one of those deals too, where you know somebody might say, well. You know, we've just now instituted this and we don't maybe we don't have the personnel. Maybe it's going to take uh, a couple of years to recruit to that style of defense. I, You know, my my problem with that is that um, we, we if we if we were in our high flying days on the other side of the football, if we were scoring, you know, 35 plus a game back to your point on, on, you know, complimentary, if we could afford it basically is right. what I'm saying. With, right. Because we're still uh, offensively explosive, right. then, you know, maybe you could afford a, a two or three year transition to find the right kind of personnel to run whatever that deal is su- supposed to do. Uh, we, we don't have that luxury right now because we're mm-hmm. very anemic on the offensive side. And the other reason we don't have the luxury is we've, alluded to uh, a week ago and and I think as a lot of people a lot of Oklahoma State fans continue to be massively worried about is because we're we're in this perpetual audition for whatever the next version of of college football looks like we're right. you know we're auditioning for players in the portal we're auditioning to keep players from entering the portal we're auditioning to be part of of the you know ESPN or Fox you know national playoff what whatever whatever, uh, you know, that ends up looking like exactly. We just, we can't, we can't afford this um, downturn that we seem to be going through right now. You know, and and another reason you can't afford to is because traditionally speaking in the last couple of years, we haven't played, we haven't played to the strengths of of the NIL and transfer portal and, and such. And that's why we're in the personnel that that we're in. So I also don't think you can bank on, well, we can get the right guys in here and run this and be successful in two to three years. Cause you, unless you're going to change something on how you recruit and how you play the game, you, you probably ain't getting the people you want anyway. Yeah. I mean, uh, the pe- people are going to go primarily for a couple of reasons, uh, either, you know, unfortunately, in in this world, because they're getting bought, because they're they've got a, a big economic opportunity, which um, 
it is is a game we haven't really gotten uh, completely involved in. We've got some NIL money. I don't know who's deciding what we do with it or or anything uh, of that nature. We obviously haven't. Uh, I don't think certainly administratively there's been any any big support for it. We we haven't heard uh, coaches or administrators saying, "Hey, we got to have we got to have yeah, NIL." No communication on it at all. Uh, so, you know, we just, we, we haven't, we haven't put that number one or anywhere close to number one, uh, on our list. And and then the other reason that guys are going to want to go someplace is because they feel like they can be successful in, in that system. You know, I think we, I think we attracted, um, receivers for a number of years because yes. of how open we were offensively and because we were going to. Uh, throw the ball down the field and and uh, we were going to put up some pinball type numbers guys like that you know kids like to play in that kind of an offense Uh, and and, you know we've gotten away from that I think kids like to play in the kind of defense uh, the sort of attacking defense that that we were running when Jim Knowles was here right I don't know how much excitement uh, what we're doing offensively or defensively right now is going to generate and that that reminds me of one more offensive point I wanted to make. Uh, you you mentioned the word identity before. I think one of the I think one of the things that has been most identified with Oklahoma State offense over this successful run that we've had is tempo. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I you, probably you, probably your brother, probably anybody that's ever around me watching an OSU football game gets tired of me talking about tempo. I. Tempo to me is is a tremendous equalizer of talent. Mm-hmm. I think if you're playing fast, super fast, almost at a breakneck pace, snapping the ball as quickly as you can from one play to the next, I think it creates a lot of havoc for the defense. I think it makes it it's makes the pressure it tough. on them. It makes it tough for defense to to get players in and out. Right? It makes substitutions tough. It makes it tough for the defense to stay fresh. It makes it tough for the defense to not get tired. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got big old 300 pound defensive linemen that, you know, aren't aren't accustomed to going five, six, seven plays in a row without without coming back uh, or mm-hmm. coming back, coming out. And then, um, you know, I think our our um, our offensive speed has greatly masked our deficiencies in the offensive line and you know i tell people a, a great example of this is if you go back and watch the bedlam game uh corn senior year you can see defensive linemen for the university of oklahoma that were better than the offensive linemen that mm-hmm. we had going up against them and they're over there with on their knees looking at the sideline trying to get the defensive signal in and we've already run the play. We've right. handed the ball off, you know. Right. Uh, I think it was maybe Justice, um, you know, Hill. He's he's at the linebacker level. The defensive line doesn't even know what's happened. Right. I, I don't know. I, I have some understanding for why we felt like maybe we needed to get away from that and, and go back to a, a little more traditional pace. I think we did it in part trying to to help the offensive line. I think it's hurt it. I really do. I, I don't think this offensive line is probably uh, talent-wise much different than the one we were playing with 
a lot of them is a, a lot of them are the same guys. Uh, you know, if you go back mm-hmm. to the beginning of last year, of course, you've got Spencer Sanders running around, which which helps it. Yeah. But I also think the speed with which we were playing was helping them, too. And I I think that's something that has been an identity for OSU offensively and something we we've, we've got to get back to. Well, and it gets back to to playing to your strengths, right? Which is what we've kind of been talking about and how we're not playing to our strengths. But when you have or somebody playing away from your weaknesses, whatever you right, want to call exactly. it. Exactly. And and that's probably a better a better point to make. But you know, we've talked about Rob Glass a couple of times. When you've got somebody that is that good at their job like he is, I think that's another reason to go tempo. Um, you know, I don't think our guys get tired as fast as as most um other linemen do just because I think, you know, they've been glassed up. So I think you gotta, you gotta play to your strengths in that and, um, and move the ball a little quicker. And you're right. It just puts, it puts all the pressure on the defense, you know, puts pressure on their coaching staff to get the signal in, puts pressure on them to get lined up. Right. It's really hard. I think it's, I think it creates a lot more penalties for the defense when you're trying to go fast because they're just playing catch up the whole time. So I would agree with you. I've, I have heard you, uh, say that multiple times on Saturdays, but I do agree with you. So. Well, yeah, I think otherwise, you know, if you're just, if it's just going to be about uh, when you're fresh, if it's just going to be a matter of who's bigger, stronger, or faster, you know, you could play a lot of these games on paper and and save everybody the time, you know, what, what makes, what makes athletics fun is that that's, that's not all there is to it. And, and you can, you can do things to, to, I think we could be doing some things to bring conditioning and effort more into play. And that's going to, that's going to have to be where we, where we win some of these, because uh, you know, as far as just having the, the better natural guys to begin with, that's, that's not what we're faced with currently. That point right there that you just made is the number one thing that I want to see different um, in in two weeks. I want somebody to recognize that this isn't working, and I want somebody to come up with some different schemes that are going to work to our benefit with our personnel, talent level, whatever across the board. I just I want. I want somebody to uh, realize that we have a problem and I want to do something different. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same result. And that's, that's kind of how I feel right now. I feel like I'm in a definition of insanity. Yeah. Yeah. I think you meant to say expecting different results, but that, yeah, that's, that's right. We, if, if we don't do something, if we go out and and line up and say, okay, we're going to, we're going to huddle, we're going to play slow. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to let everybody get their breath in, in between yep. plays and we're going to play a power football game against Kansas state. That is, that's probably a recipe for disaster. Uh, Kansas state's going to line up. They, they run power very well. They're going to run the the quarterback lead. You know, they're going to run the counter tray that we know what they're going to run. We've all sat back there year after year and watched them run that quarterback ISO play. Nobody understands why it works and it <laughs> works every time. Yep. Um, they can, you know, they get after you up there and they, and they're going to block your rear end. And um, I don't know that we have the horses just to stand there and, and, and power punch with them. So right. I think going back to, to playing fast and, and trying to wear them out would be a far better idea. Yeah. Um, 
we got K-State in two weeks on the 6th. It's a Friday night game. Um, and the other point I'll make about K-State is they also have a bye week this week. So they'll have plenty of time to watch all of our boring film and uh, decide how to how to defend it. Um, so we'll hope that they – maybe it'll get lost on the way to the little apple. Um, but, yeah, they're going to come down here on – uh, October 6th at 6.30 um, and hopefully see a whole different uh, Oklahoma State football team. Yeah, I, I think the coaches have a, a job on their hands right now because, um, you know, it's when you're when you're losing, um, it, it's always tough when you're losing and not looking good doing it. Right. Uh, I think when it's really easy to lose a locker room, uh, yep. I, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope they can keep these these guys engaged. I hope they can, uh, can keep them hopeful, but, um, I, to your point, I think the best way to keep them hopeful would be to make some adjustments and, uh, and, and, and let's try, let's try some different things here to see if we can have some, some more success. Yeah. And go, uh, go down swinging. I don't, I don't care if it necessarily doesn't even work at this point. I just, I want to, I want to try to, to win some, ball games maybe a little a little harder than we have or or maybe that's a bad use of words but just uh I want to be willing to do whatever it takes to win I guess I'll say yeah well and there's a lot on the line right we've talked about the college the landscape of college football mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff there's a, there's also the fact that that Oklahoma State's reeled off you know 17 bowl games in a row there's there's yeah. 17 winning seasons in, in a row there, if you look at the the current list of of schools uh, that have done that, you know we're we're not at the I don't think we're at the very top of it, but we're in the top you know three or four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know I'm 57. I, I <laughs> you know if, if to if, to go past a 17 year win streak, if we have to start over, uh, that makes me a really old guy by the time <laughs> we get. I I'd love to figure out some way to to salvage it. I, I'm going to be honest right now with what we're doing, the way we're playing and, and uh, with the lack of, I think explosiveness is, is a great term to use on either side of the ball. I think we are yeah. playing without any explosiveness on either side of the ball. Um, the way it has looked to this point, uh, you know, two, two and nine is a lot easier to, to see than, you know, anything, anything six else. or above. Yeah. In terms of wins, it's just it's tough. I, I think I think some adjustments. Well, clearly some adjustments have to be made. Um, you know, and, and probably if you were going to hold a gun to my head and make me make me pick one thing on on each side of the ball, I I would probably say let's let's abandon the the three man front on on the defensive side and let's try to get after people and, and create some negative plays. And on the offensive side. Uh, whether we're throwing it, you know, short, middle, deep, running it, whatever, we're, let's just go fast. Let's play yeah. fast. Let's put our foot on the accelerator and and see what happens because the the other way hasn't worked. Yeah, um, I hope you're right. I I'd be happy with those uh, two different points or any different points at, at this point. Um, so I guess we'll see what we come up with on the sixth. Um, that's all I got for Orange Power Half Hour. What you got, Dad? Anything else? No, I hope we have uh, a little more positive thing to talk about, uh, you know, the next time we do this. Yep. We'll try to, um, we'll try, we'll try our best. We'll be there on uh Friday cheering them on like always. 
Um, and hope everybody else will come out too. It is a Friday night, so you might as well come. You can still have your Saturday. So come on out and let's let's get behind the get behind the boys that um because that's what yeah. loyal and true is and that's what we'll do regardless. So yeah, we've been on the lunch. wrong side of a couple of those, you know, weird Friday night games. Maybe we can create yeah. one for the Wildcats. Yeah, we'll try to steal one from the Cats. Um, that's it for Orange Power Half Hour. Um, we will see you in two weeks. Go Pokes. Go Pokes.